Well, the reason that affirmations can work when done in a beneficial way is because they help you to shift your vibration. They help you to change your perspective. It's not necessarily the words and the affirmation that is causing magic in your life, although there is a piece to that, but it's more so the way it shifts your vibe when you say it, when you see it, when you think it, when you affirm it. We often hear people wishing us a long, happy, and healthy life. But what if the length isn't what matters most? What if instead it's the breath, depth, and purpose of each day that matters most? Welcome to the Live the Width of Your Life podcast. My name is Annette Ardellian Kuzma, and join me weekly as I interview guests who made changes in their own lives to live more fully with intention, gratitude, and joy. Be prepared to be inspired by their stories of how they shifted their mindset, took courageous action, and designed the life that they always wanted to live. Are you ready to make 2024 the best year ever? If you want 2024 to be the year that you live fully, boldly, and more passionately, then I'd love for you to be part of my 12-week group coaching program called Live the With. I have taken the best benefits from my one-on-one coaching programs and added it to a group program. It is going to be a 12-week program in which we have daily meditation, weekly breath work, and twice a month we are going to have very specific content in a group coaching format. If you are ready to finally manifest the life of your dreams, to become a magnet for the blessings that you are seeking, to reduce stress and burnout and create optimal health, to learn to stop listening to the limiting beliefs and doubts and fears that are holding you back, and finally create the habits and routines that allow you to take daily aligned, inspired action towards the life of your dreams, then I'd love for you to apply for this program. You can get all the details at anettakuzma.com backslash live the with. There is an opportunity for you to apply to be a part of the program. We'll schedule a quick call with me. And if it sounds like you are an energetic match, I'd love for you to be a part of this program. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. And I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to the Live the With of Your Life podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again. I know that there are so many different podcasts out there, and it means the world to me that you are listening to this one. My guest today is Kelsey Aida. After healing herself from three long years of chronic depression, with her mindset alone, Kelsey wanted to share what works and what doesn't to help others experience her life to the fullest. She now teaches thousands of people all over the world through her podcast, coaching books, and retreats how to raise their vibration, feel better, love themselves fully, heal their emotions, and manifest their deepest desires. We talked about so many interesting things on this podcast. It was fascinating to hear about her bout with depression and how she hit her lowest point and then asked for help in order to be able to heal and to overcome what was happening in her life. And also to talk a little bit about the law of attraction, why it works for some people and not for other, how she practices radical self-love, how to use affirmations to create more authentic happiness. And we also spend a little bit of time talking about our human design, hers is manifest generator, what that means, how you apply that to your life and to your work and creativity. There were so many different things that we covered during our time together. And I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Take a listen. Kelsey, it is such a pleasure to have you here on the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. 
I am too. And I am so excited to dive into our conversation. I have such high respect for you for the wonderful work that you are doing in this world. And I know that your story is super inspiring. So I would love for you to share a little bit with the listeners today about your story and your journey and anything that maybe I didn't cover specifically in the bio as well. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Likewise, I'm super excited and I know this conversation is going to be magical. So very excited. So my story, well, the interesting part of the story really started like in my teenage years when I had my first spiritual awakening, my first dark night of the soul. And I found myself in a three-year-long depression. I was diagnosed with depression. I was going through it. I was like praying for a coma, contemplating suicide. Like it was dark. It was bad. And I fell into it from a series of like the perfect storm, (laughs) a mixture of being a teenager, life is hard, hormonal imbalances, going on birth control, which made me feel literally crazy and messed with my emotions like to the nth degree. And just generally not having a sense of emotional intimacy with myself, with others. I had a lot of friends. I was very popular. I was on the dance team. I was excelling academically, but... I just was not feeling connected to myself, to others. And then that was like the precursor. And of course, I was training my whole life to become a ballerina. And then my life took a derail moment when I got injured. I injured my hip. I injured my back. I just kept getting injured. I was like really too flexible for my own good, kept getting injured. And so it was becoming apparent that it wasn't going to be my career. My life goal that I planned on my whole life felt like it was taken away from me. And so all of those things combined just kind of sent me into a spiral. And I got stuck in that very low vibrational, heavy, painful place for a long time. And a couple years into it, I just remember having this moment where I was, okay, I need to figure out how to enjoy my life again. I know I used to be a happy person, so this can't be my personality, right? This is something that is temporarily happening to me. And if it really is a mental illness, like when you're sick with a cold or a flu, you don't usually freak out. You just go to bed, (laughs) you take some vitamins, you drink some water, and you trust that like your body knows how to get better. So I had this perspective shift and I was, okay, what if I could trust that my emotional body knew how to get better? And what if I could ask for help (laughs) from God, the universe, my spirit team, whatever. I was like, what's a girl got to do to get some help around here? Like send help, send people, send perspectives, send books, send whatever you got for me that's going to help me to figure this out, learn how to enjoy my life and learn how to feel better. And of course, as the law of attraction would have it, ask and you shall receive. Even though I was in a super low vibrational place, I was ready for the information, for the healing, for the wisdom. And so it all started to come in through the form of a therapist, a shaman, books, courses, podcasts. Like I was just absorbing everything I could to learn about energy, emotions, healing, spirituality. And it all just started to really click for me. And within a couple of weeks, honestly, I was able to heal from the depression. A big part of that was doing gratitude work, doing healing work, actually feeling my feelings instead of running from them all the time. And yeah, I just did a bunch of different things and it was working. And I was like, ah, everybody needs to have access to this information. Why are we not taught how emotions work? Why we are here on this earth to learn and to experience. And I just don't understand why more people aren't teaching this. 
So I think I should teach it because I've always been great at synthesizing information, mastering information really quickly, and then regurgitating is not the most beautiful word, but like synthesizing and then explaining and simplifying things for people. And that's always been a gift of mine I've had since I was little. And so I just really felt inspired to teach. And the best way I could think to reach the most amount of people was to become an author because books are really accessible. And with a best-selling book, you can help millions of people rather than being like a coach and doing one-on-one work. So I never really set out to become a coach. Eventually, I did. (laughs) But it started with books. And then it has become retreats, coaching work, a podcast, just online classes, courses, all types of mediums to just share what works and how energy works and how to get what you want out of life and how to enjoy your life and how to be energetically in alignment and how to feel good and how to release suffering. And I just really don't believe in unnecessary suffering. I know that pain is a natural part of life, but the unnecessary suffering, I help people to Mm. eliminate (laughs) so they can feel better faster and line up with their highest timelines. And Fast forward a couple years after that, I had another spiritual awakening where I had like a spontaneous kundalini awakening and I activated all these psychic gifts. I was apparently this like psychic medium. I had no idea (laughs) until this was like in my 20s. This was like a totally new thing to me. And so now I've integrated my gifts into my work where I can help people dive into their records and just gather information and wisdom for them specifically what they need in that moment. And a lot of the books that I write are channeled through the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, that's my story. Sorry, it was long. (laughs) (laughs) You took us on a quick train for a lot of things that happened. So if you don't mind, I just wanted to go back a little bit because you said so much in here. You talked about having a spiritual awakening. The first one, when you said you're in your teens, did that happen before you started to get injured and realized that your ballet career was probably not going to happen? Or after? It was after. Sure. I think the pain of that realization was like the yeah. initiation into more understanding. Because at first, when the doctors were like, oh, you should just pick another sport, you really shouldn't dance anymore, I was so heartbroken and I just couldn't understand, like, why is God punishing me? I thought I was created yeah. for this. I'm so good at it. I'm so passionate about it. Like, this is all I ever wanted. This is my whole identity. Now it's just being taken from me. So now what? And I spiraled into a huge identity crisis. And that was so traumatizing for me, to be honest. (laughs) No, of course, because so much of our identity is tied to what we do. And if you saw yourself as a ballerina and you even had future visions of what that could look like for your life to have that be taken away when it's not voluntary, of course, could be very hard, especially at a young age. And so when you had your spiritual awakening, were you seeking Or were you just in the depths of the depression? Did God just come in and kind of pluck you out? What do you remember? Well, I remember having a moment where I hit my bottom of the bottom pain threshold. And I decided that I was really sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. And that's when I kind of made the ultimatum to the universe, like, get me the F out of here. Send help. (laughs) Send help, please. And so in that moment, that was when I really started to ask and receive. And it was funny because 
I became a cosmetologist when I couldn't become a ballerina because I'm very creative and expressive. And I was always like doing everyone's hair and makeup for Nutcracker and recital and competitions. And I was always just like the (laughs) go-to beauty girl my whole life. So it was just like natural that I fell into that. And I was working at the salon at the time straight out of beauty school. And it just so happened that the guy who was training me to do hair was also a Native American indigenous shaman. (laughs) So he was a shaman Mm. hairstylist. It was awesome. And so (laughs) as the universe would have it, we started working together, not just cutting hair, but he was helping me to heal and work through some stuff. And I was also seeing a more traditional therapist too to get like the more mental perspective, also having the spiritual perspective from him, doing the energy work, and then just all of the right perspectives and teachers and tools kind of started to fall into my lap so I could understand that like life wasn't happening to me it was happening for me and so that I could assume even though I didn't know what the good reason was that like there had to be a good reason why this was happening and that it wasn't just to punish me and make my life miserable because how can that be the purpose of life that doesn't make sense of course yeah and I was going to ask you so looking back now as you think about what was happening to your body and you had different injuries. What do you think that that was a reflection of internally in your emotional state? Was there a correlation between what was happening physically and what was happening internally? I think it was just honestly overdoing it. I've always been an overdoer, an overachiever, a perfectionist. And I think my body was just not about that. And physically, I was overdoing it, which is why I hurt my labrum in my hip. I had an injury that a lot of baseball players get in their shoulder where you basically like squish your labrum from like rotating too much and just overusing it and like the bone grinding on the ligaments and stuff, the cartilage and... So that happened from literally overdoing it. And then I bent too far backwards once and they thought that I broke my vertebrae, which would have been terrible. Luckily, I only sprained it. But it was really just, I think, not really honoring my body and just overdoing it the way that I overdo everything. (laughs) And my body was just like, no, we're not about this. Yeah. And so it caused you to stop. (laughs) You're in the state where, and I think I read somewhere that it might've even been Jim Carrey who said depression is deep rest. And so it's interesting that you have this physical injury that then also manifested as emotionally as depression. And so did you find that even though you were depressed, that you were able to start to heal at least a little bit during that process of the rest, or did it just feel so painful to you? Yeah, it didn't really feel like healing until the end because what was happening, why I got stuck in the depression for so long, now looking back on it, knowing what I know about emotions and energy is that. I wasn't really allowing myself to be with my sadness and to make that okay. Every day was about resisting the sadness that I was feeling. So I was sleeping a lot. I was distracting myself a lot. So I was depressed, but I wasn't going into the feeling. I wasn't honoring that feeling. I wasn't allowing it to really live. So I was in this constant state of resistance, tiredness, running from my truth, not allowing my emotions to just have a moment to express themselves. And I think that's why I got stuck in it for so much longer than I could have. Because like now if I get depressed about something, I can move on in like 20 minutes a day, an hour. It's not three years that I get stuck there because I know how to breathe through it and not make it mean anything bad about myself or about my life. 
But a lot of it was honestly just like suffering until I got fed up with the suffering. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to feel better. And that's when the healing really started. I love that. And when you were asking for help, you said you reached a point where you're like, I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm done. Help me. Did you know who you were reaching out to? Like, did you already have a spiritual connection or was this a new experience asking for help and asking for help outside of yourself? Yeah, it wasn't so new. I've always believed in God. I've always believed in a higher power. I don't think I was being too specific. I was just throwing it out there. I was like, life, God. Whoever's listening. If I have any any spirit team, like whoever wants to help me, come help me. Kind of left it open. But now, like looking back, I'm sure I could sense my spirit team and my angels with me and my ancestors. And now the way that I look at things is that God is everything. I use the words universe and God pretty interchangeably which some people don't like, but that's my perspective. So yeah, to God, to life, to the universe. (laughs) Yeah. And so when you asked, and it sounds like quickly you were able to spot that these were clues, that these were opportunities, which is also a gift because sometimes we are a little dense. We don't necessarily see all the times that uh, the universe is providing help. So you started working with the shaman and how long during that process, when you started getting the books and you started getting healing from that time until you wrote your first book, what was that timeline like? And what were some of the things that were happening? Mm, That's a good question. I don't remember the exact timeline, but it must've been only maybe six months to eight months after I started feeling better. And I really healed from the three years in about a month. It took me about a month of reprogramming my mind, working with the therapist, working with the shaman, doing different work in session with people, and also just absorbing the correct content for me, (laughs) taking on the correct perspectives that were beneficial instead of detrimental and just changing the way I was looking at my life and the circumstances. In about a month, I started to feel better. And then I don't remember exactly how long after I wrote my first book, but I do remember that I was so impatient about it that I self-published it because I was like, I don't need anyone to tell me what I can write, when I can write, when it's coming out, like it's happening. And I literally wrote that book from first page to final product published. I think it was like just a couple weeks because I was really- Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. And I'm a and manifesting you- generator. I don't know how much you know about human design, but when I get inspired so to do something, you just ride that wave. You're like yeah. in it to win it until you're tired yeah. <laughs> and then you're not. Yeah. But <laughs> that's so funny. I'm a manifest generator too. So I totally understand the multi passionate need and desire. And I wrote my book pretty quickly too, is the same thing. And I also was like, I'm going to self publish. So you wrote that. And was it cathartic? Like when you set the intention or decision to write your book, what were you hoping would happen with the book? I think it really came from an altruistic place. So I was just hoping, well, The idea for the book was that affirmations don't work unless they're authentic and expansive. So like, I don't subscribe to the whole fig it till you make it. I think it's so dumb. I think it causes fragmentation of your psyche. It makes you feel like a liar. It doesn't work. And affirmations were really helping me and perspective shifts and using affirmations as a tool. So I wanted to create a book that was like a new affirmation Bible that taught people how to use affirmations in an authentic and expansive way where they could really learn how to play with the verbiage and the wording so that it would work for them. No matter what they were trying to affirm, they wouldn't feel dumb. They wouldn't feel like a liar. They would feel opened or they would feel relief or they would feel expanded in some way. 
And that's what I wrote my first book about. It's called Hashtag Actually I Can, The Art of Affirming Yourself to Greatness. And I just really wanted to help people feel empowered and shift from feeling stuck or feeling down in any one area of their life and help them with their self-talk. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about this approach and the difference because some people love affirmation. Some people are like, I can't, I don't believe it. It's not going to work for me. So tell me about your unique approach or what you found to work for you specifically. Yeah. Well, the reason that affirmations can work when done in a beneficial way is because they help you to shift your vibration. They help you to change your perspective. It's not necessarily the words and the affirmation that is causing magic in your life, although there is a piece to that, but it's more so the way it shifts your vibe when you say it, when you see it, when you think it, when you affirm it. So my approach is instead of saying something that feels fake, but you want it to be true, like I'm a millionaire or I'm the happiest person I know or I love my life and like maybe that's not true in that moment. Let's shift it so you can still work towards the goal energetically and vibrationally, but it still feels authentic and true in the now. So instead of I'm a millionaire, I'm open to manifesting more money than I ever have before. I'm ready to learn how to get really good at making money. I'm open to being a millionaire in this lifetime. I'm preparing myself to whatever it is. Or let's say if you want to affirm your happiness, but you're not feeling happy, You can say something like, I'm feeling better and better every day. I'm learning what brings me joy. I'm embracing happiness more than I ever have before. So you can feel the vibrational difference in I am this, but I don't really feel that. And my subconscious mind is like, no, you're not that. So then there's this weird identity crises, mini crises happening within you versus just starting where you are and incrementally working your way up the emotional and vibrational scale using words that are softer and truer, but still open you to the possibility of what you want to experience. Mm, I can definitely see the difference. So for you, did you find that it was better to write them down all the time? Or did you like to record your manifestations, your affirmations and listen to them? Or do you like you have different techniques, you know, all of the above. Yeah, there's so many ways to work with affirmations. There's no like right or wrong way. I used to love, I had this huge mirror and ballet bar in my room. And so I used to love taking like a marker and writing them on the mirror and then like swapping them out every couple days. So Crayola markers work really good for that on glass or on mirror, FYI, pro tip. (laughs) Or I would put sticky notes everywhere. I would journal them. I really love writing by hand. I think that's a great way to program your subconscious mind because you have a direct direct tie from your hand to your unconscious brain. So things that you write, you really program yourself for. I also like meditating on affirmations. So maybe I'll just pick one and repeat it in my mind with each breath and just sit with that for 10 minutes. Or I like to do this meditation where I just keep conjuring up new affirmations with each breath. So I'll like breathe in and think today is going to be a great day. And then I'll breathe out and be like, I'm ready to receive. I'll breathe in. I'm feeling really good today. I'll breathe out. Can't wait to see what's next. I'll just keep going. And that's a really engaging way to work with them. But in the book, I actually give a bunch of different ways you can work with them. And I don't think there's really a right or wrong. Mirror work is also really potent. If you want to record yourself and listen to that and make like a self-hypnosis, that does work really well too, especially right before bed when you're falling asleep or right when you wake up. So yeah, anyway, really. But for me personally, I love journaling them, I think the most. 
So good. Do you journal uh, morning, night, or do you have like a set routine or is it whatever you're inspired to do it? Yeah, it's really whenever I'm inspired. I'm not really like a routine girl. People always ask me this. They're like, what are all your practices you do every day? And I'm like, well, it depends on the day and it depends on the moment. So what I found was really helpful when I was healing from depression was to have a gratitude practice that I would do every morning. So before I could spiral into the negative thoughts, first things first, before I look at my phone, before I get out of bed, before I drink water, before I brush my teeth, before I pee, before anything, you just roll over, grab your journal and start on the gratitude or the affirmations or whatever it is. So that can be really beneficial. But also, End of the day is nice because then you're programming yourself for a nice sleep and you're going to wake up feeling better too. But sometimes it is just a midday break for me and I'm just like really want to rest into how good I'm feeling, how good my life is feeling, and I'll just go on like a tangent about everything that's great. I love gratitude morning and night. I think it's just such a beautiful way. Same reason. Start the day. I usually say before I open my eyes, like for me, it's just a nice way to do it. And then before I go to sleep with my husband, I always say, what are three things you're most grateful for today? And it's just it's a nice last thing to think about before you kind of close your eyes. It's a beautiful way to go to sleep and allow the subconscious mind to sort of just savor that. So you wrote the book. And then what happened after the book? You were working still as a cosmetologist. Like when did you start to shift into more of the other things that you mentioned? Because I know you have a podcast, you've written five books total, you got retreats, you do some coaching. So what was that evolution of the career? Yeah, great question. So I actually still do hair one to two days a week. I've always done it part-time. And so this kind of (laughs) blossomed on the side. Yeah, I call myself a hairpist because like not all my hair (laughs) clients know that I do this healing work, but I do my little energy magic on them at the bowl and not be holding space, doing the therapy thing. (laughs) But yeah, so I've actually still done hair pretty much this whole time, except one year I did take off. But it started with the books, and then Simon & Schuster reached out to me. They asked me to write a couple of books, so I did that. And then the retreats – so the retreats came about because my family owns this luxury Airbnb property in Mexico, and my family is from Mexico. We always vacationed in Puerto Vallarta. And my grandma had invested in this space and a bunch of yoga teachers were renting it out for retreats. And I wasn't really working with people one-on-one at this point. I was just writing a lot of articles, books, having courses, hosting like group workshops online and stuff, but not so much one-on-one work. And my first retreat I ever hosted there because I was like, why am I not hosting a retreat here? I have this amazing resource in this amazing place and other people are doing it like Duh, why didn't I think of this sooner? And that was the first time I started doing this work with people really in person. And I wanted to offer support to the women who came for after the retreat because it's so expansive and it really like shifts your vibration so much that when you come back to your old life after the trip, it's a little bit disorienting. So I knew that like coaching would be a beneficial thing. So I could meet with these women one-on-one, work with them for a month or two after the retreat and just include that in the retreat as like a bonus and to make it more effective. So that was when I first offered coaching. And a lot of the feedback that I got from the women was like, oh my gosh, can we keep working together? I know there's like four free sessions included, but can we just keep working together? My life is shifting so much. I'm feeling so much better. I'm here for this work. This has been so epic. And so they basically like begged me to keep working with them. And I was like, well, 
if you're going to pay me, sure. <laughs> Why not? Let's set <laughs> a price and let's do it. Let's figure it out. And so that's kind of how I was initiated into being a coach. And in true manifesting generator fashion, I think I've just been responding to opportunities as they came because then before that too, one of my best friends, she's a hypnotherapist, Lindsay Robinson, who I co-host the podcast with, she was like invited to have this podcast. She didn't want to do it alone. She asked me to do it with her. I had already set the intention that I wanted to have a podcast someday. She calls me up. I'm like, okay, here's my podcast. Cool. Check that off the list. And now we've been doing it. It's called High Vibe in It. We've been doing it for almost five years. I think we just calculated the other day. We have hundreds of episodes. But it all kind of happened like in its own time, in its own way, just from invitations from life, to be honest. I never wanted to do all the other stuff. The only thing I really knew I wanted to do was write books. Isn't that amazing? And when did you know about human design? Did you start experiencing these blessings and opportunities first? And then you learned more about being a manifest generator and you said, oh, I see how this works. So I yeah. just recently learned about human design in the last couple of years because we've had a couple of really great human design experts on our podcast. And so they kind of introduced it to us. And I was like, oh, my God, I feel so seen. I thought I was a crazy person being so <laughs> multi-passionate and being so all over the place and being super energized and then not energized. And I was just like, this is the truth. <laughs> I understand. I'm feeling seen by my chart. This makes so much sense why I'm different from a lot of other people. And I operate different from them and I skip steps and I go fast and I master things quickly. I was just like, yep, 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 as I was learning about it. And so more recently, I've been playing with the concepts of human design and just trying to live more in alignment with my design because I'm all about the easiest way possible. <laughs> so, For sure. It's so interesting. And I had a coaching call with someone yesterday and she has a lot of irons in the fire. And she said, everyone keeps telling her that she should just pick one thing or focus on one thing at a time. She's like, but that feels like prison to me. And I said, you need to do your human design. And so I sent her to a link to be able to take the assessment. And I said, I think you're a manifest generator like me. And of course she is. She sent it to me and I'm like, not a shock. And for those that aren't that familiar with human design, I'm not certified in it, but you enter your date, you enter the time that you were born, you enter your location, and it does a design of basically your human chart. And one of the things that we, you and I were talking about is being manifest generators. I think there's five total. I think there's manifester, manifest generator, generator, projector, and reflector. And then it goes through and talks about your gifts. It talks about your style. It talks about your anti theme, et cetera. So it's really fascinating, interesting. And I, like you, as I was reading through all of my details and learn more about it, I just felt so seen and validated and thought, I do not need to change what I'm doing. I just need to allow myself actually the freedom to receive and to follow the energy and to follow the things that the universe is already just putting in front of me. And it was so liberating actually to feel that way. So I highly encourage everyone to kind of go through it. And I'm actually, I don't know about you, but the more I learn about it, I'm like, maybe that's another thing I start get certified in because I am curious about it. And, and I'm already seeing the opportunity to share it with my coaching clients. So I don't know if, are you going to be dabbling more in human design as well? 
don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I've been dabbling more like in Akashic Records work and like psychic uh, and intuitive work. Yeah. Not so much like the charts and stuff, but it is easy always to spot a fellow manifesting generator because they're always the renaissance people, right? Who are like <laughs> yeah. trailblazing, doing a million things at one time, but thriving in that like jack of all trades, master of all trades. And it's funny because people always ask me, like, what don't you do? What do you tell people that you do when they ask you what you do? I'm like, all of it. <laughs> You're like, I follow my bliss. <laughs> I mean, it all falls under the umbrella of like helping people feel better, whether that's with yeah. a great haircut, whether that's with energy work and a coaching call, whether that's taking them to Mexico on a retreat, whether that's shifting their perspective with a book, like it all does fall under the same high vibe umbrella, yeah. but it is many different avenues and ways of expression because I'm an extremely creative person. I cannot find enough ways to create. So let's talk about Akashic Records because I know very little. I know a little bit because I do have some Akashic cards. And so you said that this happened. You realized that you had this gift during a Kundalini rising. So were you in a particular location when it suddenly happened? So what did the Kundalini rising feel like? And then kind of what happened soon thereafter? Okay, so what would you say the PG rating of your podcast is before I go it's into pretty too much clean. Detail? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So but we can always edit this part of the story. But okay. how it felt, so it just happened one day spontaneously, and how it felt was like it felt like kind of like magnets running up and down my spine, and I could feel like a vibration like going up and then going down and going up and then going down. It kind of felt like tingly and like activated. And I was like, whoa, that feels like weird and cool. And yeah. I didn't really know what it was until I was reflecting on it the next day. And I literally just asked in my mind the question, like, what happened to me yesterday? That's never happened to me before. That's so bizarre. It's yeah. so weird. And in my mind, I just heard the answer. You had a kundalini awakening. And like, I didn't know anything about that. I knew that there was a form of yoga called kundalini yoga, which I had never done. And I messaged my shaman friend and he's the most psychic person I know. And I was like, I need you to confirm or deny what happened to me yesterday. I think I had a kundalini awakening. Did I have a kundalini awakening? He's like, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then he was explaining to me like, well, this often happens when you do a lot of emotional work. And at that time, what had kind of led up to it was a really heartbreaking breakup. Like the love of my life up until that point, like him and I were just parting ways. We were high school sweethearts. And it was just so sad. I didn't want to break his heart. I didn't want to break up with him, but I knew we weren't meant to be together and we had already broke up and gotten back together and it was this whole thing. And so when it finally was over and I moved across the country and I was just like processing all this grief and feeling bad for hurting him and feeling sad that it wasn't going to work out and all this stuff, that really just like made a lot of density leave my body. And I think that's when the kundalini began to rise from all the emotional processing. And I don't remember exactly when the mediumship came online. It was around that time. I call this my psychic summer because it was like this whole summer where all this stuff (laughs) sort of like unfolded (laughs) for me. And I remember that I was hanging out with my shaman friend and he had another friend who was also a shaman. So I'm just hanging out with all the shamans and they're telling me that I'm a channel. They're telling me that I have mediumship abilities. And I'm like, yeah, right. I think I would know by now if I could talk to dead people like that's crazy. And 
sure enough, the universe just kept like kind of pushing me to try to do it. And there was this woman, love her dearly. She would always read my cards for me and it, she would make me cry every time. I was like so spot on. And so I had worked with her a little bit and I ran into her at the barbecue. She was a family friend. And I was telling her, I was, oh, I remember I had this dream, but it like wasn't a dream that I was in my room sleeping. And then, you know, when you wake up at like three and you're not sleeping, but you're like asleep-ish, but you're awake everywhere. So what happened was I saw all of these people around me in a semicircle around my bed, not scary, just like there. And they were apparently people who had perished in the Holocaust. That's what they told me. And that they said that they wanted me to tell their loved ones that they were okay now and that they were all on the other side together. And that like something about this togetherness, like don't worry, like we're a family now on the other side, like it's okay. And I was just like, what? the heck i'm not even jewish i didn't understand like what was going on and so i told this woman i was like i had this dream non-dream it was really weird i'm not down to be this ghost whisperer and she was like don't worry it's not scary like i have this gift too and i was like of course you do and uh, she was mentoring me through it like you should try it with someone you know try it with your grandpa or try it with someone who's passed on and just yeah ask them questions like I really love journaling so she told me to like journal it basically to channel their consciousness via like journaling and so I tried it for the first time intentionally and it worked and I got all this intel from my grandpa and then I was feeling like a crazy person but I had to call all his kids so like my aunts and uncles and I was like hey so this is gonna sound crazy because these people are like very Catholic, very not down with like, yeah, not that they weren't down, but they would just think, oh, that's not true. That's silly. You right. know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I'm like calling them, telling them these messages and they're crying. Uh, they're literally like, this is my dad telling me this. And so even I couldn't deny at that point that it was like real because part of it, especially even now, sometimes it comes into your mind, the information in the same area, like where your imagination happens for me, because I'm super visual. So it can feel like you're conjuring it, but actually you're receiving the information. So I was just over here like, am I making this up or is yeah. it actually coming to me? Like, is this legit or not? And when I would give information to people, they would have very emotional reactions to it. And I was just like, okay, well, this is obviously the truth. Like I couldn't have made that up. Yeah. And so that's when I kind of started dabbling in that. And yeah. <laughs> I don't like offer mediumship readings for people, but sometimes things do come through in our coaching sessions from their spirit team or just from their higher self, or I'm always yeah. getting like messages that are specifically for them. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. So at first it sounded like you needed to be more intentional with it. You had to kind of bring it in. Does it happen spontaneously now? It has sometimes. Yeah. Like one time I was on my friend's back porch and I was just like having a super relaxing high vibe moment. I was by myself. She lives in Kentucky on these rolling hills. It was the sunset. I was just meditating out there, minding my own business. And her dad passed away a long time ago and I had never met him. But he came through and I was just knowing all this stuff that he wanted me to tell my friend. And I was like, she's going to think I'm crazy. This is crazy. So I'm like going inside. I'm telling her very specific things. And she's just like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Like, it really is my dad. And I was like, that's crazy. It really is your dad. Like, I was just as surprised as she was. Yeah. Wow. But it hasn't happened like that in a while because I've kind of like – 
just set some more boundaries around it because I don't want to be like this ghost whisperer that like goes up to people at the grocery store or is bombarded by ghosts all the time. Like tell this person this thing or tell this person this thing. But Mm -hmm. when the opportunity arises to practice with people that I know who won't judge me, I do sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure it's a new feeling. It's a new sensation because it's not something that is natural for us, for most of us. But do you find that you're not frightful anymore? Like, is it feel different now that you've had the experience more than once? Yeah, I'm definitely less scared because I know that like negative energies won't mess with me because I'm really intentional with my vibration, with what I eat, with what I think, with what I do, with how much I exercise, how much I meditate. Ain't no weird vibes getting in this. (laughs) So now I'm not afraid. And I always set a very clear intention. Whoever I'm connecting with, I only want to connect with beings of love, light, and compassion. I only want to connect with the person that I'm asking to connect with, not all these other randos. So just having... (laughs) Like energetic boundaries has been helpful. And yeah, I'm not scared. I'm more scared of living people, to be honest. Yeah. Right. So tell me about the Akashic Records, because like I said before, I'm fascinated. I don't know a lot, but except for the deck of cards that I have. Yeah. So the Akashic Records is really just a terminology for all the psychic information that exists. So I've been essentially tapping into it since that whole awakening, but I didn't have that verbiage until more recently. And people would consider the Akashic Records a living library of all lifetimes, past, present, and future. And we all have Akashic Record keepers that basically like keep our book of records in the ethers, I guess you could explain it like that. And you can ask them for information. You can ask them for guidance. You can ask them about past lives. You can ask them about future lives. And it's just a a good tool to have in your back pocket when you have abilities to tap into these things because then you can help people access information that they need that is going to help them or help them heal. I had an Akashic Records reading with my friend, Emily the Mystic, who's certifying me in reading people's Akashic Records. And she explained to me why I didn't become a ballerina and how I was destined for bigger things and how that would have never made me as happy as I thought it was going to. And everything she said felt so true and resonated so deeply and gave me peace within an instant. I didn't have to do mindset work. I didn't have to think about it so hard. I didn't have to cry it out. It was just like, here's the truth. Now you'll feel better. And I was just like, dang, that is epic. (laughs) So that's when I really wanted to like work on my gifts more, which I'm doing now and I'm in the process of doing now. But yeah, does that answer your question? (laughs) It does. I think it's great. And so what else is next for you? Are there other things that you want to share that maybe beyond what you're already doing, which is a lot, what else is kind of interesting? Yeah. So I've been working on a book forever that I am dying for it to be born into the world, but it just keeps like rewriting itself. It's called Why the Law of Attraction Works for Some People, But Not You. And it's basically like a manifestation troubleshooting guide of, okay, I did my affirmations. I did my breath work. I made a vision board. I did my mind movie. I did everything they said I needed to do. And where's my stuff? Why is my life not changing? (laughs) Yes. Each chapter really dives into a piece of resistance that you might not realize you're carrying and how to identify that, how to work through it, how to get your energy in alignment with what you consciously want on all energetic levels. So that book is going to be 
fire if it ever decides to be finished because it's the longest book I've ever worked on and I have a very funny relationship with it. So that's going to be coming hopefully in the next year, within the next year. We'll see. It's on its own timeline. But I actually just started an Etsy shop. I've been really into Etsy lately because I just needed a new creative outlet and I just got married. I just got a puppy. And so my whole life changed. And I was like, (laughs) oh, once I'm done planning this stupid wedding, I'll have my life back and I can do all this other stuff and I'm going to finish my book. But then, of course, I was super impatient. I got a puppy literally the week after I got married. And so I just got thrown into puppy mom life. And writing a book when you have a new puppy is not going to happen because you need silence and you need time and energy to focus and you need sleep. And so I was like, I need a new creative project. I started an Etsy shop and that one I started, it was like more physical products and fun little trendy things, but I'm starting a new one where I'm going to be selling all kinds of downloadable journals, affirmation cards, templates, workbooks, like really interactive content for people to love themselves more, to lose weight, to manifest more money, like whatever it is that people want to do. I'm creating a lot of different tools for that people can just instantly download and buy from the shop. So that's the new thing that I'm really excited about because it's going to make this work just even easier, even faster, even more accessible. That sounds fantastic. That sounds so good. Do you have the link for that yet? Or is that I will shortly and I will send it to you. (laughs) Awesome. Good. I definitely want to include everything. So if folks want to find you, if they want to work with you, what is the best way that they can uh, connect with you? Yeah, they can just go to my website, kelseyaida.com. They can follow me on Instagram, on TikTok. I'm just at kelseyaida everywhere. All my books, courses, a million blog posts, all the podcast episodes, you can find all that at KelseyAida.com. Wherever you listen to podcasts, I would highly recommend subscribing to High Vibin It, three separate words, no G in vibing because we're too cool for the G, just High Vibin It. That's where you can find me interviewing other guests and experts and learning about human design and all these other fun things. And my co-host, Lindsay, and I, we do solo episodes here and there where we're teaching about manifestation, mindset work, self-love, all that jazz. But yeah, really just my website, social. I'm just Kelsey Aida everywhere. We'll include all those details. And Kelsey, I always ask all my guests a final question, which is tied to the title of the podcast. What does it mean to you to live the width of your life? Yeah. So first of all, I want to say I love the title of your podcast. And it really resonated with me when I learned about your podcast, because I always say, and I always do this with my hands, which you can't see on the podcast, but it's like, I feel like when I went through the depression, I stretched myself so far in this direction, energetically, vibrationally. But there has to be balance in the universe. So it also expanded me in the other direction. And my capacity to feel joy, to feel love, to feel hope, to feel excitement also expanded to the same degree that I went into my pain. So it was even expansion on both sides. And so even though it didn't feel good in that moment, it was opening the opportunity for me to feel even better in the future, more than I had ever felt before. And so to me, it's really living the full spectrum of emotion and embracing the human experience. Because I think a lot of times we forget that we chose this roller coaster. <laughs> when you're on it, you're like, ah, I'm getting sick. I'm throwing up. This is terrible. Why is this happening to me? But then 
you realize when you have your awakening that like, oh, maybe my soul chose this. Maybe I'm here for a purpose. Oh, maybe that purpose is to have fun and to learn and to feel. And I think we demonize so many of the uncomfortable feelings. And now I've just learned to embrace them and ride them. So for me, it's really feeling all the feelings, embracing your humanity and riding the coaster. I love it. What a beautiful, beautiful definition. And I can see you doing that in your own life. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kelsey. It was so nice to get to know you. And I hope that we have continued conversations. Yes, likewise. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If today's conversation inspired you to dream again, break out of your comfort zones, or reflect on what it means to you to live more fully, then please follow this podcast because every week you'll hear more stories from people just like you who took imperfect action towards their goals, created more joy, and are living the life that they always dreamt of living.